The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. How do we create a new universal dream together? One where we are conscious of our interconnectedness, live as our highest selves, and contribute positively to the world. Well, my very special guest this week is evolutionary pioneer, author, global speaker, and co-founder of Humanities Team, Steve Farrell. And in this episode, we're going to talk about his journey from the pinnacle of Silicon Valley as a successful person in the high-tech industry and his pivot to come here close by to Boulder, Colorado to lead Humanities Team which is a global nonprofit helping people everywhere awaken to our interconnectedness. So in this episode, we're going to talk about his new book, A New Universal Dream. And it's so exciting. We're going to learn about the key steps and how to live a more conscious life and create a brighter future for us all. I'm Stephanie James, psychotherapist and transformation coach, and you are listening to Igniting the Spark, where each week we bring you inspirational guests to help you ignite your joy, happiness, and well-being. Together, we can illuminate the world. I'm here with Steve Farrell. Steve, thank you so much for joining me here on Igniting the Spark. Yeah, Stephanie, thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to it. Looking forward to jumping right in with you. Yes. Well, and so I'm so excited about this new book, A New Universal Dream, My Journey from Silicon Valley to a Life in Service to Humanity. That That's not a story we hear very much, Steve. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Right. I um, got it right here. Just came out recently. And uh uh, a labor of love because it's a true story of me from age 12 to to today the founding of humanities team and so on but um what it really is is it's about i'll call it the great migration to conscious living and conscious business which uh or this age of consciousness and but my own personal journey you know with this adventure adventure uh this uh, search for treasure which which takes some pretty unexpected turns uh you can which you might guess from the title silicon valley to a life and service to humanity. I was uh, fortunate that I that I saw what the top tiers of that ladder looked like, you know, the private jet world, because I, I started a couple of companies that took me there. Um, and then I found, wow, you know, this isn't kind of what everybody thinks it is. And so I took my detour into conscious living, and this is where we find it, this delicious life that uh, is is for all of us to live on the planet right now. And what was that moment for you, Steve? What was the awakening from what some people would consider? Well, you were there, like you were living the pinnacle of wealth and quote unquote life experience. What what was the awakening moment for you? Yeah. So just to also, so people can see that, that what was happening there in the nineties is I really was in the right place at the right time starting these two companies with the starting out two guys used furniture the most inexpensive little executive suite we could find and then we grow it into a 75 million dollar company 175 people and then we start a second company inside of that one that we grow to 700 and something people over two years uh so two 75 million dollar companies and then that gave me entrance into those business associations kind of that center of wealth there in Silicon Valley, that's that whole center of luxury and private jets and all of those things. And but during that, my sister and my mother chased me down and said, Oh, Steve, you have to read a book called Conversations with God, book one by a guy named Neil Donald Walsh. And 
it's going to change your whole life. And I, I didn't want my life to change. I was thinking, oh, man, my life is perfect. Why would I want my life to change? I read that book. You know, we all have our personal stories here on this conscious journey. Um, and this was the this was the kind of the, oh, the the personal awakening device for me, where the God of my understanding was speaking through this book about how what life really is, how it works, the invitation in life, who we really are. And uh, so over a period of months and years, I just I lost my passion for business. I sold my businesses. I left the business association. I moved out of Silicon Valley to Boulder, Colorado, uh, and my whole life changed. So, yeah, that's kind of what happened where I kind of summarized that little piece of the story. Yeah. What an amazing opening, though. I, I remember reading that book as well as, as part of my own spiritual journey. And what an incredible impact. And so you went from reading that story, having this awakening, moving to Boulder, and then creating Humanities Team with Neil Donald Walsh. How did that happen? So Neil reached out back there in the 90s as book one, book two, book three came out. And he said, who's out there taking this wisdom and putting it to use in business? And uh, honestly, I thought I thought I was one of, of thousands all over the world because this was the time where Conversations with God was on most people's book stands and ABC and CNN and all of them were interviewing Neil and uh, 137 weeks, you know, on New York Times bestseller list. So I thought everybody's reading this book. Of course, everybody's putting this wisdom to use. I didn't realize that people were reading it and kind of putting the book down in many cases. That wasn't what was happening with me. I put that to use that first business that grew to 75 million. I attribute part of that to conversations with God, this, this whole spiritual self that emerged, uh, that really allowed my business to take off. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what happened there with the, uh, the book and my business. And uh, I, I, as I share in my book, you know, they're really, uh, I call it the great migration to conscious living or this age of consciousness that we live in. And, you know, it, it was a story of adventure and treasure, really, uh, for me, discovery, treasure. And but it was unexpected because. I didn't find all of that adventure and treasure in its fullness in Silicon Valley. I found it later when I came to Conscious Living. So in many ways, I felt kind of like a pioneer because I was having to figure it out for myself that, oh, you know, people that have these private jets and all of this money, they're not living the life we think they're living. The pressure on them is enormous, uh, The uh, including on their relationship with their partner, with uh, their coworkers, their best friends. It's a very challenging life to live. I actually have a lot of compassion for those people uh, because that's really not where we find this delicious life. And there were really three major decisions here just in conscious living that I had to make and that I invite people to in my book. There, Actually, I go through all of what the change was that occurred for me, but the three big, big decisions were one, honoring that still small voice and not being letting that worldly noise dissuade us because my family, for example, uh, notwithstanding my mother and sister who wanted me to read the book, um, my family was just was quite upset when I made a number of these decisions along the way of don't do that. You know, that's this is going to get you in trouble. Don't do that. Uh, there's a lot of worldly noise on this conscious journey, and we have to learn to trust that inner voice. Uh, and not the worldly noise. So that's that's a big one. Now that leads then to the second one, which is a whole new self-identification, really, in conversations with God and in the books on science and mystical traditions and things that I read following conversations with God. I, I found this where that moment in my townhouse where I had to make the decision as to who I really was, you know, just the, who I'd grown up to be, son of Joe and Linda, one life, physical body, or my parents were just an airport terminal. They they delivered me from source. You know, that's where I came from. I'm I'm offspring or an emanation of source. That's uh, and that means that's completely different now. Um, and I decided I was the second one. Uh, well, that changed everything. I mean, the whole world around me changed when I when I self-identified that way. And then the third thing, major decision, is kind of what I'll call the process. And the process for me was it started with awareness of just really paying attention to like 
am I in balance and harmony? And how am I doing? And the world around me, is it in balance and harmony? And we notice a lot of things in awareness of, you know, Einstein said there's an optical delusion, you know, that that we're not separate at all. This is one of the things we'll notice in awareness. That takes us over to education, where in conscious living, um, there are lots of things that we can grow into in its fullness. It's not an omni sort of uh, single class kind of path, as we know, when we talk about conscious living, there's so many, there's a science and a spirituality and embodied practices and philosophy. There's so many things that are important that we can really learn about. And then then the most uh, delicious part is the next one, the Embody and Express. So this is like the Michelin restaurant where the food looks good, but it's eating it that is is really what makes life delicious, where we're embodying these teachings, right? Conscious living with our daily practice and all these things. Uh, and then the fourth one is engaging others, inviting people to it. And that's what we're doing here now, where because it's more like floating on a raft above the roller coaster world as opposed to the world that I grew up in, where I myself was on that roller coaster. You know, today's just a bad day. You know, tomorrow's a good day, you know, just kind of like that. Uh, whereas I don't experience that now. I still have plenty of challenges, but I'm more like on a raft where I feel good. I know that what I'm investing my time in is the right stuff for me, you know, and the and my and my family and the world around me. So yeah, those are four um the four things under this sort of sort of process heading that uh, helped guide me as I was really starting to live into the fullness of this whole conscious living thing. Well, and I'm curious, Steve, for you, what is your daily practice now? Do you have a morning practice, an evening practice, both? I think these tools can be just the essential piece. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's crucial that daily practice, which has evolved. I'll tell you what it is now. Uh, it's, it's really something that has evolved in a substantial way over time. Cause I grew up in the Catholic church. I was an altar boy, you know, so I'm praying to some God up in the sky and she is, she, he is up there, but she's actually right here. There's a power plant right here. And, uh, this is part of it is really understanding that there's no separation, you know, and quantum physics, of course, is telling us this is true. There's no separation. It's right here. When we go within in that daily practice, we're going right down into the power plant, you know. So what I do with it today is uh, my life and my work is all about just use me, you know, use me. There's we're on a troubled planet. We all can see that. Right. Lives are troubled. People people are very challenged. The world around us is challenged. And I'm just saying, okay, let's 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 get this done. You know, during my lifetime, use me to be a part of this healing, this alchemy that is uh, happening. And specifically, what I do is this whole metaphysical thing of uh, uh, mystical traditions and science now, and conversations with God, and of course, the miracles. They they all prophesy that a conscious evolution. Barbara Marks Harvard used to write about this and that we're growing into homo universalis, this oneness, you know, this diversity and unity that the whole world is coming into healing. So in my daily practice, that's what I'm feeling into. I'm see, I, I will not get up until I feel that whole world is already healed. It is already done. It's completed that where you feel the whole planet is just living inside of this unity and diversity, this oneness, this wholeness, this new spirituality. Um, and then I'll get up uh, and then I'll do what I'm doing, you know, to just kind of, we're hopefully we're taking steps in that direction every day. Uh, but, you know, 2000 years ago, it was said, it's done unto you as you believe. Right. And now we've got, we've got the Abraham and so many other, uh, people that are out sharing basically the same thing where what you believe is the thing that is created in the world around you. We're energetic beings, right? It's a spiritual universe. So that's where I go. That's where I feel that I can, uh, I'm where I'm uplifted, where I'm communing with, where I'm seeing the creation, where I'm believing the creation is already complete. And then, then like now, you'll feel me all amped up because I'll carry that energy throughout my day. I love it. It is palpable. And it's one of those things that even just being with you now, and I'm sure the transmission as people are listening to you, your vibration actually raises the vibration of whoever you're with or whoever is listening. And, you know, as a psychotherapist, that's been such an important part 
for me of helping people to heal and and the message of your period healing period matters period because as we heal then we become exactly as you're saying the conduits for more love and healing to come through us to help raise that vibration to help bring that to the world yeah we'll be used you know and there's nothing better that that's the most delicious thing because we're actually in my book i talk about this but we're designed as part of the one you know and science is saying this too the quantum physicists are saying now you are actually born as part of the one of that decision i made you know from my townhouse so many years ago where they sound like preachers now scientists they say you know you are the universe cannot be without you you know it is inseparable from who you are your posture you know the way you walk and speak well you ought to know that because that's who you are and uh where we then put our hand up and where we said oh okay i, I live my little self which i certainly did growing up you know Okay, but and now it's time for my big self. So my big self is this whole this whole world that's really coming into this beauty, this this diversity and unity. You know, that's that's the dream that I embrace. And where we put our hand up and say, "I'm in," you know, as my big self, use me, uh, and we're used. That that just feels, you know, there's nothing that feels better than that. I mean, that feels even better than going on a luxurious vacation. You know, and that that's pretty nice going on a luxurious vacation, but it feels even better this where you're just there doing the work creating classes on podcasts uh in your home with your kids you know and your partner uh that that feels even better than a great vacation yeah i i love this i love that and i'm curious you know so the book being the new universal dream a new universal dream what is that how do you define that steve so the new universal dream is really just living into what we come to understand through this process, the awareness, education, embody, engage, as we follow that process, as we're journeying ourselves into this whole conscious future is what we come to understand is, oh my God, it's really, it's like, it's as simple as there's a super organism, you know, you could call it an ocean, you know, and we're all waves under the ocean. There's this whole universe and we're all inseparable from it. And what we realize is in the stars and in the earth and in nature, it's all just in, in beautiful harmony. It, that's its basis is peace and harmony and connection and, and love and, and things. So the new universal dream is just saying, instead of walking around in our, Einstein called it an optical delusion. He said, the greatest illusion in the world is the illusion of separation, you know, because at a quantum level, which is where he did his work, you can see everything is deeply interconnected, interrelated, interdependent. In fact, it's one a universal consciousness animating all of life of which we're a part. And where we're living into that, that's where all of the magic happens. We have the incredible life. That's what we call in humanities team conscious living. Uh, and where we and then it's a it's an inside-out job, right? It starts with us. There has to be a personal transformation that uh that begins this. And then it's really just a spilling over effect right here as we're talking it's just a spilling over effect where we're excited about how it works and we're talking about that and people can feel its energy the new universal dream is where we've we've hit this tipping point and our neighbor you know and the person in the grocery store and at school and our relationships where you're dating you're feeling that energy where it's definitely not transactional it's not even relational it's over in like divine presence of you're seeing, you know, the interior of this person, a sacred person, uh, un everlasting life, unlimited potential. So we're still seeing the physical beauty as we do today, but the uh, the spiritual beauty, you know, the sacred we see as well, which then creates a whole different experience. You're saying this, Steve, I think of what effect would this have then? If, if we're living into this new universal dream on conflict, on war, you know, how far reaching is this? It's it's major. So, and, and now let's come right into today's world as we bring up, you know, extreme weather, Middle East, Ukraine, polarity everywhere. Uh, so, what I'm talking about, one, it I'm, I, we're starting out with more the delicious of I would do it, even if the world was fantastic, I would do this. I would do it for me. Now we're turning to the world around us, huge challenges, 
the world actually needs it too now. It's really important and urgent actually uh, from our humanities team perspective that we live into this. Uh, the reason we actually call it the Galileo moment. So I'll just share a real quick story that as to why we call it that. Uh, Galileo in the 1600s with his telescope observed that, oh, we uh, the whole universe is actually not revolving around the earth. The earth is not the center of the universe, that rather uh, we're revolving with other planets around the sun, you know, uh, or in a solar system, uh, which doesn't sound like that would be so world changing, except that it was because everything was saying, no, the earth is the center of the universe. There was actually a Spanish inquisition then very dangerous time to be saying something like this. The man was put under house arrest and uh, the only reason he wasn't killed was because he recanted and said, I was only kidding. It's not really true. Uh, but other people had telescopes that said, ah, he actually was telling the truth. <laughs> and the whole world changed when they realized the earth was not the center of the whole universe. Now, today, we have an even more troubling false reality that we're living into. False reality is that we're all separate from each other. You know, and again, Einstein has so many quotes. And 102 years ago in 1921, he said, the greatest illusion in the world is, is the illusion of separation. Uh, and then he talked about an optical delusion that we all have that creates a prison for us. And, and we have to break out of this prison by embracing the whole of humanity. I mean, he just said it over and over. He's the most esteemed scientist probably that ever walked the planet. Uh, and then he, and then the big one of no problem can be solved at the level of consciousness that created it. Uh, so he's saying, so if you want to break out of the optical delusion thing, we've got to elevate consciousness, uplift our consciousness to kind of have a different worldview, and then we can solve the problem. And so this is bringing us right to it here today. Uh, we don't have Galileo, you know, where, hey, Galileo, somebody kind of put this on their back and solve this problem for us. No, there's not. But all of us can. All of us can. So, and when we ignite the spark, when we were talking even before coming on the program, igniting the spark is, yes, we're that inside out job coming into its fullness, living consciously. And then you were saying, yeah, now it's sparking something all over the world. You know, now, now the whole world is feeling the fire. Okay, there we go. You know, that's the Galileo job where we're doing that, where the inside out job, the transformation, this loving presence becomes us and it spills over. And we together just create this whole new way of living on the earth so that our kids and future generations can enjoy what us boomers have enjoyed, which is amazing. Uh, and but that we are not seeing now. In fact, existential crisis is a term we see. And but the remedy is right here, right now, just as it was in Galileo's time. It's just to say what scientists are telling us, especially in quantum physics, we're not separate. Our eyes deceive us. We're actually deeply connected, and we start living into it. And we start sparking that out in the world, just like what your program is about. The remedy is here. We we get to tipping point. We we get to the new universal dream. We're living into this beautiful new reality. And then kids have a future on the planet. It's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. And so, you know, how do we begin this awakening, Steve, for, for people who are really new to some of this information? I would, there, there are a number of things here, which we've covered. Uh, but let's let's go deeper into them. One is uh, the daily practice, where we really go within, you know, and we really embrace uh, this. Uh, we we see there's no separation. The God of our understanding lives there, uh, and there's a power plant that's, you know, the James Webb Telescope says there are two billion times three trillion stars. Two billion times three trillion. That power plant, which is the whole universe, that's actually right here. So this is. When I'm doing that creating thing and going to this place of it's done, it's done. The whole the whole earth is now felt it's awake. Um, as I perceive it, those two billion times three trillion stars are all actually within. There's that, and where I'm saying use me, and you know it's my bigger self. I don't have any personal agenda. As I perceive it, there's a wind at my back that's quite powerful where. The universe is actually helping now to create that, to help me become my highest self and help the world find its alchemy and its healing. Uh, I, I should even back up in this. Most people 
are are dealing with just still feeling like an egoic mind is controlling their day, uh, often feeling very challenged, feeling stuck often in relationships and jobs. Uh, so I'm kind of going to the extraordinary, but if we really start with where most people are, it's it's in a very challenged place right now and where there's a great deal of self-compassion that's needed, you know, where we need to just really understand we are, in fact, daughters and sons of the Most High. We are that. That's just not just some little thing that said we are, and you were sent here because you wanted to be here at this time of the great shift of the ages. And and, and sometimes we need to spend a lot of time there, you know, just with the self-compassion, the feeling that whole, that alchemy ourselves, feeling that loving basis, uh, and really spend quality time there so we can then go to this other place that's extraordinary, but we, for a lot of people, they can't get there until we spend enough time, you know, just really with ourselves. So uh, the other the other model that I was sharing, the awareness, education, and body uh, engage is, is a model, especially the early part of that, because people well on their way understand that whole model and, and are living it. But if we're earlier in that, uh, which is what my, my book story is about, where I'm some young man, 12, divorced mom. She doesn't even know if I'm home a lot of times, much less did I go to school. Do I have any homework? Did the homework get done? My mother had no idea. Uh, you know, where growing up like that, um, there was a lot to journey through uh, to get to this living in Silicon Valley thing. And then this whole conscious living thing, there were so many mistakes that I made, you know, and uh, pressures that I felt. So uh this required me to spend a good deal of time in this whole awareness thing of what is really going on with me, you know, what's really going on with the world around me. And then the education piece where the Michael Beckwiths, the Neil Donald Walsh's, the scientists, the Greg Braden's, the Bruce Lipton's, the Lynn McTaggart's, the Miss M. Harriman's, um, these are all faculty uh, in on our streaming platform. Um, the embodied practices with the amazing people that do Qigong and yoga and all of these things. There's so many dimensions to, to conscious living and just really allowing ourselves to sort of stretch into and to become the fullness of what conscious living really is, which then will take us into this extraordinary uh, direction that, that Stephanie, you and I are talking about. But it doesn't just happen by itself. There's a lot. We've got to be fairly disciplined to really follow this process, daily practice, all of these other things to really get to the fullness of this. Uh, which creates the unbelievably delicious life. Thank you so much for sharing that, Steve. I think that's such a such an important and hopeful message to people that are finding themselves confused or stuck or feeling like, I don't know the way out. And the way out is the way in you know, starting with, you know, actually going within, right? And that, you know, and that this is available to everyone. This is not something that's exclusive and only people that are spiritually evolved or academics or scientists can achieve or access that this is who we are. And it's really, I love that, you know, it's, it's having that deep compassion for self, and going to that place to really hold that love and compassion within so that some of that ego and pressure that you're talking about starts to dissolve. Yeah, boy. And, and let me share along these lines. So if people think, oh, easy for him, you know, and so I come by and private jets, let me just back up here and tell a few stories on myself. Uh, I was the middle kid, you know, with seven kids, middle kids listen well, they're not, they don't want to be on stage and stuff. And then my guidance counselor in high school says, Steve, you know, when I said, how did I do on the intelligence test? Uh, this is all on my book. I say, he said, you know, you're, you're average. You were just average. Uh, and so that had to walk around with that as I'm trying to, well, you know, am I ever going to like make enough to have a, a good life and, and stuff um, as well? Enneagram people might be familiar with that. So this is where we're going into emotional mastery and stuff. So, and I did score well now, because after all these years, but one area um, is it went back to this whole waking up or, or growing up with divorced parents, you know, trust issues of Steve, 
your your dad and mom were busy and were doing all these things and they weren't there all the time for you. And that created some trust issues. And uh, so just growing through these trust issues, if I can trust people, you know, that they're not going to just all leave and stuff. So I'm, I'm bringing these things up. Uh, also, I have an adopted son who has challenges, uh, a separation anxiety. Um, I want to bring these things up because what I don't want people to believe is, oh, yeah, easy for him to talk about a raft and all this stuff, universal dream, because he's living it. it. Just not true. OK, you don't know my story if you're thinking that's true, because every this is the point here. And this is why Stephanie and I are having the conversation is, as you mentioned, Stephanie, every one of us is is a daughter and a son of the most high. And we probably were all told, oh, you're average. You'll never, you know, you're never going to amount to anything. Uh, and then an emotional mastery, finding their things up oh, quite deficient, not fully developed, need healing. These, this is just part of our journey. So I'm just like everybody else. Uh, I did, you know, really listen to that inner calling. I'll call it my soul's calling. And I didn't let people dissuade me. This is why in here I was sharing, you know, on this migration to conscious living. It's a crucial, it's one of the biggest decisions. Uh, so, and we're hopefully getting to some what some of these biggest decisions are so we can support people on this conscious journey. But we are all average. We all have issues. Uh, uh, but we could all climb through them and we could all have just huge impact out in the world if we if we want to. So, and there's nobody that is, you know, on high that is better than us or something. That's that's what it means when we just say we're sons and daughters of the most high. We all have that within us. Yeah. Again, thank you. That that we are not separate. We are not separate from it or separate from each other. <laughs> right. No, not at all. Yeah. And and it's not just metaphor where I'm saying, Stephanie, yeah, I mean, you're actually a part of me and I'm a part of you and the planet and and uh, actually, that's a pretty beautiful place when we maturely live into that kind of thing, too. And I remember, do you remember the film um, I Heart Huckabees that came out? I mean, this is like, oh, my gosh, probably in early 2000. And one of the things it really was talking about quantum physics. And at one point, Dustin Hoffman is talking to, I, I can't remember the name of the actor, but as he's talking to him, literally digitally, it shows his body becoming part of who he's talking to, to their body. And they're literally, you know, the, the whole concept being, as we are in each other's presence, you know, we're, we're exchanging these subatomic particles, literally becoming a part of one another. That's, I should have seen that movie. Uh, yeah, that's that's stunning because it it is true. Yeah, it is true. We are and and if if that sounds like far fetched and this whole beyond metaphor thing sounds far fetched, we we have hundreds of programs, transformational education programs on our streaming platform called Humanity Stream Plus. And so I work with the mediums, the James von Prague, Suzanne Giesman, Karen Nowy, these incredible. Mediums, I also work with the NDE community, uh, Dr. Abin Alexander and others. They're all saying the same thing. So this full lifting of the veil of this pure light and pure love uh, that is we go through that tunnel uh, as we go to the other side. And and then, you know, the, there's all of the discussion, of course, of the whole sort of cycle of life is why we come here from there and what happens when we go back. And was we really live into that, understand that it really is pure light and pure love. Uh, and that where we talk about a part of each other, uh, they're sharing, man, you feel it. When you, when you transition, this whole separateness thing just melts away. And you know, I'm a part of you as you're a part of me and the divine, which is it's our basis, our source. You, you know that there's nothing but perfect love and perfect light there. So uh, why would we want to, have this was my question for me. I tell the story about myself in my book, but why would we want to have our ladder leaning against this wall of I'm separate? I just have this one life to live, and Steve Farrell's just this body. When when I transition, that's all nonsense, you know. And in my life review, the whole life review is just like your eyes and other people's eyes around me during my life of what they were thinking, feeling, and seeing in me throughout my life. That's what the life review is. It's not at all what I was thinking, saying, or doing or my car or house or bank account. It's these people around me, what they were thinking and feeling and seeing during my life. 
And at the very end, the question is asked, so did you and God, you know, accomplish what you wanted to in this lifetime? And unfortunately, today, the answer is often not what people want to, uh, would want it to be. And that's why we're having this conversation is to, in some ways, um, just like in our own stories, we sort of pick up our ladder that was leaning against the wrong wall, and we lean it against this new wall, this new understanding, you know, this new worldview. Uh, and then, then you know, we can, one, live the delicious life, and two, at the end, when we go through life review, we're seeing people saying, this is a loving person, this is an honest person, this is a person in service. That's what it's all about at the end. Begin with the end in mind, as Stephen Covey said. And what about, you know, this, what could we start doing now? Like when, when you talk about building or creating, you know, this, this new dream within humanity and, and this, you know, new universal dream. Yeah, I, I, I think myself oftentimes, and what I speak to my clients about, it doesn't always have to be grand gestures. I mean, if we are kind, you know, when you're kind to the person in front of you, whether it's your barista or the person that's sacking your groceries or the person walking down the street, that actually matters. It does matter. Yeah. And starting small is, is I think, maybe a more doable thing, because if we want to just start with sort of extraordinary, it might just feel too much. It might feel too challenging. Uh, but just starting with, uh, you know, some basic education here. Um where so humanities team's a nonprofit 501c3 so we we have all this free education on humanitiesteam.org our website as well neil donald walsh and i just created a new master class um for and we're 20 years old every class is always priced they're about 300 this one that we just created is called the art and science of conscious living we allow people to name their own price including zero because we want the whole planet to go through this program the things we're talking about with 16 modules and mentoring and all these things you can go through for free. Um, it's called the art and science of conscious living. It's on the humanitiesteam.org website. Um, check it out. Cause these under these things that we're getting to, we go into all of these understandings so that, you know, this whole ladder leaning against a wall thing. If our ladder is over in an area where we're not feeling great uh, and life can be tougher, more of the roller coaster, I promise you, it, this will help kind of move that ladder. Uh, so, so that's something you could check out. And then, Stephanie, as you mentioned, just the little things as we're starting to feel better. You know, we're doing this self-compassion and coming into the awareness of, I'm God, my God, I'm the Son of the Most High. You know, and the Earth is too, and you are too. You know, uh, to just then invite ourselves to stretch into a little bit of kindness as you share. You know, the person at the cash register at the grocery store, the neighbor. And it's okay if they're grumpy back, you know, don't worry about that. Remember, only light can heal darkness. Darkness can't heal darkness. So that's why we're here where people are grumpy and, you know, yeah. And, you know, it's okay. Don't, <laughs> that's the whole point. <laughs> that's why we're, you know, only light can heal darkness. So just try invite yourself to just be a little kinder, a little listening, a little better, maybe be a little more in service uh, and just see how it makes you feel too. Yeah. Isn't that the beautiful piece too? It's like, there's this infinity sign of energy and love that flows out and then comes back to us. Even regardless, like you said, if the person's grumpy, it doesn't matter because it feels good that it was circulated out of you. And that good feeling comes back. One of the things I get into in my book is I go through the science of this whole thing, because science really, where quantum physics is saying, no, it's really true. Like Nobel Prize for Physics October of last year, entanglement, three researchers, entanglement means you've got things on different sides of the universe, long distances, there's no physical connection at all. And they're greatly affecting each other. Uh, so, and there's all of this other science that's coming out, again, as you look at Nassim Harriman with his Resonance Science Foundation and so on, that's really getting into how everything is deeply connected, where we really understand that. Uh, it makes it easier to just really live into it and to see that, um, you know, as Einstein said, it really is an optical delusion where we think that we're all separate. If if we really get to a point to where this is absolutely 100% ultimate reality, your, your whole world starts to shift under your feet. This was, you know, my story from that townhouse from way back when, where I said, I know this is true. I know it's true. And I'm just going to live this. Uh, and I know that... Um, I will then live in integrity, you know, and, and 
I don't know where it's going to take me, you know, and there were lots of moments of uncertainty, which kind of is its own story. I'm going to guess, Stephanie, even with your show, you probably had moments that were you were really flying through turbulence of, man, I don't know where this thing's going. It's not working right now. That There are plenty of moments like that in my life where I quit Silicon Valley. I sold it. I left everything. And I had two years before I launched Humanities Team, two years where I'm sitting there and my wife is saying, you know, you look a little lost, Steve. I probably was a little lost. Uh, but uh, my inner voice was saying, don't worry. You let the right doors close. You know, doors will open. Just be patient. So that's part of this, too, is just really trusting that uh, at some point, you know, you've got a successful movie out, a podcast that's gone big, all of these things, Stephanie. But I'm going to guess that um, you'd say, oh, man, it wasn't always like this. And and I would say the same thing, too, is just trust the vision that's given to you. And then just as it says in uh, all of these sacred texts, provision always comes where there's vision. So just stay patient, trust, take the leap of faith. And then actually our greatest successes and these greatest moments usually come from those great, um, those moments where we take, where we jump off a cliff and we we're, we're trusting. And look what happened to you. I mean, your story is just absolutely case in point to drop what everyone, or not, I want to say everyone, but what, you know, the typical American dream that, that so many people buy into and to drop that and to open up to this whole different reality where it's truly serving humanity on this large yeah. scale. Beautiful. So, and I'll say as well, the other, you know, I've talked about sort of this great migration to conscious living and, you know, that just like geese are in the Northern hemisphere now flying South, that we're all actually flying into this whole conscious living thing. Homo universalis as Barbara Marks Hubbard call it. The other piece that I get into in the book, just for entrepreneurs that might be listening to the program is because I was a, I'm an entrepreneur by background is, is uh, this whole migration into conscious business too. So, and um, your podcast, I mean, I can see it in your podcast here, Stephanie, which is, where there's higher purpose in this business. And it's not, now it's about win, win, win. Everybody's going to win. You know, all the stakeholders are going to win. You know, we're one after all. Why would, why should they not win? We're going to have them all win. So uh, one, where we launch with that higher perspective, two, where we recruit with that perspective uh, and not just people that understand, but that are living into it because they're softer, kinder, listen better, et cetera. But so where we recruit well, and then three, where we build a culture where people are working this way, where we really listen to each other, where there's real respect for each other, where we are grateful for the gifts that uh, we bring to each other, and where there's support for each other. Uh, and these are not things that are just given value in words. People have to really feel these things. That's what I mean by culture, where it's really that. And that's what we have in humanities team. Uh, watch. One, how happy people are, and two, uh, how the productivity level. Um, I consider Humanities Team a small organization coming from where I came from. It's actually decent size, but it's it's small. Um, you know, maybe 40, 50 of us that are really kind of putting out. Uh, but it's run in terms of productivity more like a 100-person organization because everybody's just just like the energy you're feeling here, amped of, oh, my gosh, you know look with this instructor, what we can do in this yoga and Qigong, you know, and, uh, or look at what we can do in this whole mystical traditions thing, you know, where we're just going wild with these incredible uh, teachers that are coming in. So conscious business is other, it's a massive opportunity for entrepreneurs out there where we're just taking these conventional business things and turning them on their head, coming in with those things, higher purpose, recruiting well, um, culture that's truly conscious, and uh, you can create organizations that are really doing good, nurturing on the planet, and they can be extremely successful. This is so exciting because it's it's this is applicable. Being conscious and conscious living isn't just about having a spiritual practice. I'm really hearing this. You know, it's living this spiritual practice through all these mediums through business, through your leisure activities, no matter what it is that you do, it's you're like you're living this conscious life. And I can only imagine the possibilities as you bring this conscious living into business. It is so awesome. Um, 
you know, what you with, with this awareness thing, what you realize is most businesses are held together by fear, where you just fear what's going to happen if if you don't do this or don't something. Uh, whereas love holds these others together. And so uh, so you've got to that's why recruiting is so important, because you can have people come in and want to take advantage of that if they're not themselves really conscious, living it, not just understanding it. But where you're recruiting, where they're really living it, uh, there's nobody with sharp elbows in there. And in fact, they're all like, oh, my God, this feels my assistant who used came from Silicon Valley. Her name is Abby. And she's just she says, oh, my God, you know, this is incredible. I can't believe this. Uh, and she's out. So they put Abby on the show instead of me, you know, <laughs> uh, said, oh, my God, because you just feel you feel so appreciated. You're loved, you're supported, your gifts are called out. You know, the, the world needs it. And then again, you know, when I started these businesses in Silicon Valley, especially the first one um, that that was this, I just didn't know what conscious business meant, but we were putting this into it. And that's why it did so well. I could see now looking back why I could attract that top talent that all the big Apple computer and Cisco systems, they were all trying to hire the same people, but they came and worked with me. Uh, why did they join us? Why did they stay with us when they could go anywhere? And it's this, because who wouldn't want to work for an organization like this, right? So if you're an entrepreneur, um, wow, uh, just looking across the whole spectrum of possibilities in terms of where service and, and product businesses can be, uh, there's huge opportunity here. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm just so lit up from this conversation. I, it's hard to believe that our time is coming to a close, Steve. This is, this has just been just fantastic. And, and again, just so inspirational. And so will you let listeners know how can they find out more about you, the book and humanities team? Yes. So um, the book, it's uh, called a new universal dream and uh, you can go to a, a new universal dream dot com to uh, get open chapters. If you leave a receipt number there, we actually let you go through one of my master classes called Conscious Leadership for free. You can buy it at Amazon or Barnes and Noble and stuff. Uh, but if you want to go to the site, a new universal dream.com, you can kind of learn a little more about the book. Um, humanitiesteam.org is uh, with a Y, humanitiesteam.org. So those free programs and Go on to find the masterclass, uh, the art and science of living consciously. All of that's on the humanitiesteam.org website. And then the streaming platform with these hundreds of different programs, all the live programs. Wayne Dyer's daughters do a live program. Urban Lasso does a live program. There are all these amazing live programs. Uh, go to humanitystream. That's instead of team, it's stream.net, humanitystream.net. And you'll see all the hundreds of programs there. Um just so you know, too, we're a nonprofit, so we created a one-for-one. One. So whenever you buy your paid subscription for a year, we give a free subscription away to somebody in need out in the on on the planet. So uh, it's kind of neat. You get a it's uh, it's it's three ninety nine a year or thirty nine ninety nine a month, which most master classes when they're single are about three hundred three hundred fifty now. Uh, you get hundreds for for that price. Uh, so it's really economical. And then there are all of these different things, viewing parties, uh, live programs, video trainings, Global Oneness Summit upgrades, all these things that you get as part of the subscription. So check that out too. I'll leave my email address. Uh, just if you want to reach out to me, it's steve.farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L, at humanitiesteam.org. And um, you know, myself or my assistant could, could get back to people. Beautiful. Wonderful. Steve, as we wrap up, what is the essential message that you want to leave with the listeners today? The essential message is what is said that we all read somewhere and paid attention to for two minutes growing up on Sundays, that you're made in the likeness and image of God, that that is true. That is true. Uh, it's not something for two minutes. It's something to really understand. You were sent here. You're on this planet at this moment when we're in the middle of the greatest shift of the ages that has ever occurred on this planet. And you were sent here to really know that, to live into that, to enjoy that, and to have the, the impact that goes with that. Please don't let that just be a little two-minute thing that is kind of put down on the bedstand. 
please really allow yourself to know that and, and live into that, uh, that you are the son and daughter of the Most High. Beautiful. Steve, thank you so much for being here, for, for sharing your light and, and your love with this audience. Just such a joy to have you here. My pleasure to be here, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I was so inspired by this conversation with Steve and just this knowingness that each one of us are important contributors to the health and healing of the planet. And it really starts within ourselves that we can cultivate the sense of consciousness that we can truly live a life that is more full, that is at a higher level of evolution where we are tapped into this deep sense of well-being and this light, this light that is available to us and is us. And so being able to tap into that through a daily practice where we sit and we can really hold this vision of our world being this place where people are able to resolve conflict, where they're able to communicate at a higher level, and that kindness is actually our language of choice. Thank you so much for joining me on this very special episode with Steve Farrell. And I hope that you'll go on to Humanity's stream where my film, When Sparks Ignite, is now streaming. So go to humanitiesteam.org and check out Humanity's Stream Plus. So excited, so blessed to have this experience, this conversation, and so blessed to have you as a listener Thank you for being here. You have been listening to Igniting the Spark with Stephanie James. Thank you so much for listening. And a special thanks to my amazing and magical producer, Tony Ficini. You can find Igniting the Spark on all podcast platforms. So make sure you subscribe so you get every inspirational episode. For more information about this show, my books, my films, and my upcoming events, go to stephaniejames.world and ignite your best life. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.